0: to giggling. That clappy thing. Okay.
1: It's been how many weeks now?
0: I know it's still funny. (laughs) Welcome once again to It Is Complicated, the podcast where we answer every single question with It Is Complicated, including the title of this podcast, which is It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. J.
1: Hello, Josephine. Well done for getting through that without giggling this time. (laughs) You corpse so beautifully. I could see you just corpsing away in the background. This is why you're never in the theatre. You are not a theatre person I'll because you on now, stage, right? just corpses so magnificently.
0: I've made a career of corpsing on stage. <laughs> my, my entire stage career has involved corpsing on stage. I'll have you now. Jay, how yes. are you, darling? Who are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm currently baking bread because that's the sort of queer that I am. Do you want me to say who I am and all of that stuff? No,
0: no, I don't want to know
1: not yet okay no no, you I'll, can I'll do it. yeah,
0: no it's okay I'm sorry I'm fucking with you um Jay you're baking bread you're that kind of queer and what else are you who else are you
1: I got to give myself my own job title thanks to ThoughtWorks so I gave myself the job title Harbinger of Change because if you can do anything why not be fabulous I then got to give myself thanks to the New Zealand government my own gender so I now have a statutory declaration that says I am a transgressive non-binary gender queer and yeah I'm a Troublemaker, as if you couldn't tell, and a hashtag queer nuisance because, well, some sort of branding, I suppose. So Josephine, what are you apart from somebody who corpses all the time at the moment? Because lockdown.
0: Hello, my name is Josephine Baird. I'm an independent scholar, activist, and artist. I like to make spectacle of myself upon the stage. Jay, where you've taken photographs of me, so you know full well that I have course <laughs> beautifully upon the stage. I also occasionally draw queers and put them on the internet, which is probably where you're listening to this podcast right now. And I like to think of myself as a queer without portfolio because
1: lockdown. <laughs> You've got a mini portfolio starting do. up.
0: I currently have a mini portfolio That would be a pochette, perhaps, or a pochette. I don't know how to say that word like a small handbag pochette 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 very french <laughs> yes as jay put it i have a mini portfolio let's call it that a small portfolio mm-hmm. where i happen to be lucky enough to teach game design to university students which has been absolutely lovely and i'm really enjoying it and it means i can talk about games all day every day for a few weeks and they pay me for
1: it which is very exciting which is brilliant so we thought, given that I believe that there is only one game, to talk about games with the lens of there being the singular game called Skyrim. Although I did point out to Josephine that there is a second version of Skyrim that is played on my phone using a little card game called Legends, I think it is. But it's essentially Skyrim on my phone where I can play a little card game when I'm commuting or in lockdown stuck in the toilet because, you know, Lockdown. That is my commute to work. (laughs) That describes my experience of gaming, my understanding of gaming, beyond kind of the 8-bit games that I played before I discovered Skyrim. So the 8-bit games that I played were like Masters of Orion, Crusaders of the Dark Savant. That's pretty much it. I think I tried to play Doom once that my brother installed it on his computer, but I couldn't manage to navigate very well. And I've never really played a platform game. Most of my early gaming, because I'm old enough, was either on the Space Invaders machines in the local takeaways and things like that, which I was not very good at, or on my cousin's gaming machine, which played one game, which was Pong. And that was it. So when everyone talks about growing up with computer games, I didn't because I didn't grow up with them. I didn't. Really see them until I was much, much, much older. So I just thought to kind of put that context in as to why Skyrim is the game that I play. And I do understand the concept of there being other games, but I've never really played other games.
0: I actually had a conversation with a psychologist who is a therapist as well, who discussed this very issue. And I really like this because she was talking about it in terms of sexology. And I know this is sort of a tangent, but it will make sense, I promise. She was talking about this idea that sex is thought of as a straight line there's this prescribed path you do x y and z and this is sort of mainstream concepts of sexuality this is how she put it to me imagine a forest and at the beginning of that forest is a giant board you know how they normally have on those trails where it points exactly where you're supposed to go and it goes directly through the forest right to the end and all the way along are these little signs going this way this way go this way on this path and you keep going along the path and it has very clear signs and the path is laid out there's little fences all around and then at the end you come to the end and there is a, another Sign that just says, Well done, you have done this uh, particular path, you have done sex, congratulations, you're done. That is the mainstream conception of sexuality that there is exactly one way to do it and it has one result. Her version was, Well, that ignores the entire forest because there's all these different ways to do that. We can call sex and sexuality any number of things. And when she was dealing with trauma related to sexuality, she said one of the ways that she talks about it is in relation to finding a spot in your forest. Go off that path. Forget that path. It's just one way of going about this. Go into the forest. Find a spot you really like and stay there for a while. You don't have to go into the forest. You don't have to follow that path. So if holding hands to you is intimacy, if holding hands is sexuality, if that's what you like, do that. And then she made the analogy with, you know, people who just love watching the same movie over and over again. Kids are like this. They'll have a movie. Parents will endlessly lament how they've seen X movie 150 million times, right? Frozen, yeah. And why did they watch it 12 million times? Because the kid knows that they'll like it. Mm. Another movie they might not like. But this one they know they like. So that's why they watch it. And the same analogy applies to sexuality. You know that you like doing that. So why not keep doing it? And the same analogy can apply to games. You like Skyrim you know what it is. Yes. You enjoy it. Yes. So there is absolutely nothing wrong in you saying this is my game, the game I like. Therefore, it is the only game to me. I know we were going to come on with this conceit of combative conversation where I was going to go, Jay, there's more games than that. Ha ha ha.
1: This time next year, I'll be like, woohoo, I got a PlayStation 5 and it plays Skyrim. And you'll be like, no, of course it does.
0: And I'll be like, great, Jay. That's wonderful because it's the game you like because it gives you the Mm. experience that you want. The reason I'm teaching it is because I have a passion for games. And I know that that doesn't necessarily have the best... uh, What's the word I want to say? Cultural image. Because, of course, people think of them either as uh, frivolous or they think of gaming culture as particularly toxic. They think of games as being, yeah, these havens for very mainstream ideas or for people who just aren't very nice to each other. (laughs) You know, it can be a very hegemonic environment, is their opinion. My response is that that's not truly the case it doesn't have to be i think that games provide a genuinely unique interactive environment where you can explore some things that you might not be able to explore anywhere else and yeah the mainstream like any media like any industrialized art form can be absolute crap and it can be the reproduction of the norm over and over and over again and that's hardly surprising because every Media form is that we don't necessarily toss out cinema because most of Hollywood is crap. We look for the films that we like. And in Jay's case, they found Skyrim. In my case, I found a few games that I absolutely adore, which have defined experiences for me in much the same way I believe Skyrim is for Jay. And so The reason I want to teach at university and the reason I would love to talk to Jay about it on this podcast is because it is interesting and tremendously complicated because it's a cultural artifact. It is a media form and it is a culture and discourse producer. These things are fascinating.
1: But also, as we talked in the previous episode about games, one of the big things about games is the ability as a user for me to modify the media that I take on board for me to actively participate in changing it to meet my needs and my requirements, because Mm. I now play quite a modded version of Skyrim that is not just the vanilla version of Skyrim, although my tastes are quite vanilla. (laughs) I don't have like flying Thomas the Tank engines or anything like that, but I've got some mods there that tweak the game slightly that make it more playable for me and more, repeatably playable, more enjoyable. I think the one thing that I said that I wanted to find was a mod that allowed me to be genderqueer on Skyrim because I can kind of, in my mind, imagine my character is genderqueer. And there is a mod that will allow me to marry anybody, which allows me to have queer relationships. But there isn't quite a mod that allows me to not be forced into, oh, I've picked up this armor and suddenly it's reinforcing the fact that my character has breasts or not. You know, I can't play around with those looks. I mean, yeah. I started playing Skyrim on a PC and then I got a PlayStation 3 and played it on the PlayStation 3 and have now got a PlayStation 4 and played it on the PlayStation 4, which allows me to mod, which the PlayStation 3 didn't allow me to do. I'm now up to level 42, of course I am, which makes me feel quite proud because I've now kind of got well into the 40s and my character is starting to develop their own style and kink and I wouldn't say kinks but their style and their notion of how they work much better
0: what I really love about the way you describe your experience of this game particularly but of course games in general is that it allows for and I know this sounds really really obvious but I mean it in a slightly different way it allows for play in a way that we are not encouraged to do anywhere else and can be thoroughly unsafe in other places so for example one of the reasons I think there are so many queer people in games is because they give us an opportunity to explore ourselves in ways that we just couldn't otherwise or express ourselves in ways where we are not the deviants we are the norm or we are able to be brave or able to express ourselves or able to be loud and proud in a way that we just might feel terrified to do otherwise or we haven't had a chance to experiment with because we have never been really given the option so we don't know if that's who we are yet and no other media quite allows for that yes we can see ourselves represented in films and media or in books or music if it's done in a positive way, which, of course, sadly, is all too rare. But a game allows for you to explore those things in a very particular way. Now, of course, value can be applied to that in any number of ways. That can be a very positive experience, can be a negative experience. I'm not trying to laud the medium above any other. It just mm. happens to have this particularly unique quality, which I think is rather useful and can be very positive for this community. It allows us to do these things if the games are flexible enough. Sadly, like all other media, it brings games like anything else. They're not utopic. They bring in their own cultural baggage like anything else. But they can be modified by the developer themselves or by the players themselves. And the best thing about PC games can be that if the player base proves capable enough that they can do whatever the fuck they want to it. and in your case jay you've been able to find modifications that allow you to express yourself in a way that the system wouldn't allow you to normally and i find that that's such a wonderful allegory for dealing with culture in general right it's we have (laughs) this we have this system in place that tells us we have to behave a certain way. Their rules are incredibly uptight and very, very focused. And yet queers always find a way, right? There's always a bit of code. There's always a a sneaky way around that. And I think looking at games, not just as sort of cultural artifacts or things that you play the way they're intended to be played, you can fuck with them. And that's what makes me happy about looking at them in a complicated way rather than in this sort of like, yeah, you know, there are plenty of games that are super problematic and reproduce really problematic cultural norms that fuck i'm so tired of seeing in every form of media but especially in games it really makes me exhausted and yet we have an opportunity to fuck with them in the way that we might not be able to do in a movie i could try and edit in my own scenes into mm. x y and z movie but much easier with a game
1: i've tried other games of course i have i'm not just mono focused but They've not attracted me in the same way. They've not held my attention. They've not made me go, I want to play this because they've been restricted in their storytelling or restricted in the world. Or I feel like there's a railroad running through the middle of it that you have to go and play on to get any better. And I don't want to play on that. I just want to run around doing my thing. And my thing one day might be to go pick flowers and explore somewhere and look at the pretty scenery. And my thing another day might be to go kill dead things. And another day might be to go and tackle the big baddie. And another day might be to go sneak up on somebody or to uncover the, this, this little sad side quest of being an assassin. You have to go and murder this guy who's living... And obviously in the midst of a mental breakdown, and then you start to explore what's going on and you talk to him before you kill him, you find out some of his story, and then you kind of understand that his wife or his partner left him to go do something, but never returned and that broke him. And you find out that they fell in the water. And if you hunt in the right spot, you can find their body. And is an entire narrative that makes killing this person incredibly sad. And you can choose not to, or you can still know all of this and still choose to kill this person. And it's kind of a big moral story about you as a person that you're playing out within Skyrim, within this game, which I think is important because it's humanizing things.
0: There's a piece of research about games that I find really interesting Certain games can allow you to address certain issues however you want. Mm -hmm. Given the choice, the majority of players will act ethically. Mm. They can. People don't like actually to act immorally. (laughs) It's really (laughs) funny. You'd think that they would, that there would at least be an even spread or just people Mm. who are curious. People don't like doing that. If the game's good and they've caused you to recognize or to try to empathize with, non-player characters people who are clearly pixels they don't Mm. exist they are fictional characters and yet you empathize tremendously with them you are much more likely to choose the ethical option but I find tremendous hope in that I don't know what it is about that that makes me so happy I feel the same way I find it really Mm. difficult I play role-playing games and even for my own curiosity i'm like i'm gonna play this game and be the worst horrible human being in the world because it genuinely doesn't matter you know I'm, i'm sort of thinking is there a catharsis here is there this ability to play out these less than positive human qualities that we may all have and i can't do it i find myself going no i don't want to hurt the non-existent fictional character
1: i mean i'm playing a thief and an assassin essentially, in Skyrim, and because being a tank is not my natural inclination, because I don't have the coordination to make the game work properly, so I have to kind of adapt it to my hands and to how I can make the controller work for me, so I just kind of found a way through, but I feel really bad if I have to go and kill somebody, especially if I've got to talk to them.
0: There's a game called Vampire, or Vampire, because it's with a Y, in which... The gameplay is specifically designed to be frustrating to you. You You're, of course, a vampire. You've been bitten and turned into a vampire and you're in Victorian London. And you go around and the mechanic is that you can talk to all sorts of people and get to know them. In fact, your relationships will have a significant impact on the well-being of the city during a massive pandemic. I'm not kidding. It is based in 1919. And you go around and you can learn about people you can also eat them (laughs) any character you want and you will gain significant advantage if you do that you will gain significant numbers of powers it will be much more fun to go around and being an absolute piece of shit and killing everything but the entire environment around you will suffer and it will be obvious that it will the social quality of life will reduce significantly And you will also know exactly who you ate. And the more you get to know them, the more value they are to you if you eat them. It gives you more abilities the more you get to know them. So it pays to get to know them and then kill them. The game is a little bit ham-fisted in the way that it presents it. But I must admit, it's quite unique. And it does set you up in this way of like, okay, now you know all about why this person is quite fabulous and really does not deserve to be chomped on. Be really good for you if you did though, because all those combat encounters that you get into that are really hard and super annoying would suddenly become so much easier if you did it.
1: See, this is one of my things with Skyrim. I run around, And I want to build the Bandit Protection Society and talk about how these bandits are constantly, like, they're never properly clothed for the environment that they're in. They're constantly living in these horrible underground spaces, sleeping on straw on the floor and not in proper beds. They never have enough food. They're always starving. Why should we persecute these people and yet I constantly have to go and kill them because they keep trying to kill me and it's just only so far you can run away from somebody when you reach the point of like oh for heaven's sakes look I've just got to take you out so I can actually get to the place where I need to go because you're between me and the place where I need to be and you've decided that I'm your enemy when in fact I'm actually feeling really really sorry for you although I never feel sorry for the force one because those bastards deserve every little bit of death that they get, as do any Nord rebels, because the Nord rebels are such racists and they are very anti every other race.
0: I adore your view of the bandit camps. That makes me so happy because... You're absolutely right. You're put into this feudal fantasy environment. There's like, you know, an instruction, go and destroy that bandit camp. They keep robbing these people in the forest. And of course you get there and you realize the socioeconomic circumstances that put them in this circumstance in the first place. And this is their response. And now you are in the Batman dilemma. You know, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne has a tremendous amount of money. He could spend a great deal of that money trying to improve Gotham City, or he could make a Batcave build himself a Batmobile and run around the city beating up muggers. I mean, that's his choice. You could say, go and deal with the bandit camp by going and realizing what the socioeconomic situation is, lobbying your current feudal lords, and if they won't play ball, murdering them instead, and putting in Mm -hmm. place a fabulous system which would then make those bandits less likely to require to form this life that they Mm -hmm. have, Or you could go and chop their heads off with fire and magic. Unfortunately, games tend to take the more direct approach because it's considered to be the more satisfying approach. It's easier to create a combat system like that than to actually create a system that might allow you to make those choices. Or you would think that if you hadn't played a game called Undertale, which is basically pixel art stick figures. It is really not graphically spectacular and yet this is one of the most beloved games that has ever been made to the point where i literally went to my child's school the other day and saw other kids running around with undertale figures plucky dolls that's how popular this is and the game is set up very much like a role-playing game Sort of mythology. There's an underworld of monsters. You, your character, falls into this hole and is in this world of monsters, and it presented with the option of slaying all the monsters and gaining XP and gaining skills if you want. You could slay all the monsters if you want and go through the game doing exactly that. Or you could go through the game killing absolutely no one, gaining no experience points whatsoever, and realizing at the end of the game that experience points were actually. XP, they were, and I'm trying to remember what they were actually called. It's it's an acronym for something really awful, like your killing points. You've gained many killing points by killing many people. That's seriously problematic. And the characters react as if you were a murderous sociopath. It's (laughs) like, oh my god, the murderous sociopath is here killing everyone. Or you don't do that, which is then presented as the much more sensible option. And I really like it.
1: Games can allow people to think outside of that standard railroaded context of problem you have sword must hit thing with sword I much prefer things of like there's a problem how else can I solve it and I know that that's much more difficult to write and I do play around in Skyrim sometimes and think how could you change this but I also know that it's beyond the superficial changes that mods can do it's very much about engines and the way the whole thing is put together but also be very very hard to build a world that was as richly interactive with people that also allowed me to run around and, you know, rework the entire feudal system and its representation of wealth. Wow, I've got so much money at the moment. I can basically buy an entire keep of houses, but I can't give the gold to anyone. I've got to sell them stuff. I can't just. Give people money so that they're better. I can give beggars money, but I can give them one gold at a time. And I receive the gift of charity, which makes me a little bit better at doing things for the next couple of hours. And I'm like, but that's not charity. Just giving somebody on the street a gold. When you have a house that you're not fucking using because you have a house in every single goddamn town. And you can go and build a house somewhere as well if you want. So why can I not give this person a house? Why can I only adopt two of the orphans? Why did I have to kill the woman? Well, I was fine with killing the woman who abused the orphans. But why can I not adopt the entire orphanage and make it better? Why, why, why does this stuff have to happen? And why can't I fix it if I'm given all of this money and resources?
0: Hey, I love you. You're absolutely fabulous in so, so many ways. I really like that. The reason you can't do it in that game is because it's set up with a certain belief of a player in mind. That's the problem. Like we've talked about other systems and other social systems. They are set up with the belief of a particular person in mind who's going to do a particular set of things. That's why the rules are set up for normativity. That's why the people who fulfill that normal role will do so much better in this world because the rules are made for them right? So it's the same here. The rules are made for someone who is much more likely to want to go out and murder everybody. Now you say it would be more difficult to create that system. That's something I've heard a lot. But the truth is, I'm not entirely sure it is more difficult to create that system. I just think that people don't create those systems. It's not done for the most part. Now, I could say to you, yeah, there are plenty of indie games or small Games that are made by developers that you may never have heard of or games that just aren't found that do actually do this. There are. There are lots of examples that I can give you of of fabulous games that do this. But the more mainstream games tend not to. But what's interesting is that there are some mainstream games that can do that with modification or not. I saw an amazing analysis of a game called Death Stranding, which is a game that is probably one of the most expensive ever made. It's extremely large. It was a PlayStation exclusive made by an author game developer who got very, very famous people to be in it. And so there was a lot of money involved. The analysis that went through this game was, it's a very interesting game that spends all of its time trying to convince you not to kill anyone. And also to consider yourself to be someone who's helping the world to become a better place by delivering the mail and not getting immediate recompense for doing so, because that's what your job is. Your job is to deliver the mail in a post-apocalyptic environment. In this environment, there has been a rupture in space time between the dead and the living so much so that if you leave a dead body around, Eventually, a ghostly figure will pass through it, causing an antimatter-matter reaction, which leads to a devastating explosion, which means if you kill someone in this environment, you have to then pick up that body, drag it to an incinerator, put it in the incinerator (laughs) and destroy that body. And it may take you a while because it's a bloody long way and you've got to walk the whole damn way with this bastard body on your back. And it is really, really annoying. You're encouraged not to do it then you deliver your mail and that's what you're supposed to do and get next to no actual recompense for doing it other than you move the story along and one of my favorite parts about this particular game which i have yet to be able to play sadly because i don't own a playstation it's now on pc so i'm going to try and play it there is the game is mostly about traversing complicated environments you're carrying packages giant packages you're a huge mail delivery person with these packages all over your back trying to climb up Mountains at some points because, you know, there's no more infrastructure. And what you can do is you can create ladders and you can create bridges by yourself if you want to. But there is a system in the game that allows for your ladder or bridge to appear at random in someone else's game. And if it does, and that person likes it, they can give you a like they would say, thank you for, for that ladder. And the more likes that your ladder gets, the more often it's likely to appear in someone else's game. Now you get no feedback whatsoever other than, yeah, you might get something saying, oh, one of your ladders was, was liked, but you're never going to see that ladder again. It's now just there for the whole world of game players to play and they can use it. And so you are encouraged to cooperate for very little personal gain and people do it. It's this hopeful moment for me. The same developer made a very, very violent game called Metal Gear Solid 5, all about explosions and being a gruff man, voiced by Kiefer Sutherland who blows shit up. That's his gig, baby, and he's into it. You can also create your own little base. That's part of it. And you have nuclear weapons on your base and you can develop your base. It's very complicated. If every single person in the world who's playing that game, and this is true, literally, if every single player playing that game Denuclearizes because that is an option. If everyone does it, a cutscene plays in everybody's game saying how great you were. Well done. Their whole world just denuclearized. That's a gameplay element in this very expensive mainstream game. I think it's wonderful. And it's it got, brilliant. and it was done. It was found through data mining. I think people found it and they tried to mess with it. But actually, they eventually did it and it was achieved. And I was so impressed. I was like, thankfully yes we can all point to games and go that one's an example of horror behavior i don't even want to list them because it's too many examples and too common but there are a couple where you just go that's wonderful i mm. really like that that made me happy it's like i'm going to put this obscure system it's not told to you by the way the only reason people knew about it is because they data it. And so in a way spoiled somewhat of the surprise but mm. the fact is that people knew it was there and they all had to do it with no recompense whatsoever other than trying to achieve this fabulous thing there is this game that is not a mainstream game but i adore it called kind words the game is you sit in a room it's literally one level you're sitting there in a room with your letters and people can post anonymous letters you know basically post their troubles this is online so it's real people and you can reply to those letters to say whatever you want to say, encouragement, usually, or understanding or suggestions or whatever it is, obviously rife for abuse. And it hasn't happened. I play it every now and again, and it's absolutely wonderful. I highly encourage anyone who's feeling low during lockdown. It's been an incredible experience. Every now and again, when I've been feeling particularly rough, I'll turn on kind words and I'll look up some letters, try to answer a few and put out my own. And it's wonderful. And I have not come across a mean word yet. It's so nice.
1: It's yeah. about building a world that sets the behavior and sets those expectations of behavior that makes it very hard to not fulfill those expectations of behavior.
0: Yes, but it's so, also so, very possible to do wrong. In mm-hmm. this particular case, if all you would need is a whole bunch of people going on there just being jerks on purpose. Oh, so it'd be quite absolutely. easy just to do, but you're, you're right. I, I do appreciate your point because now I'm coming back to what I said before that, you know, it's not difficult to create worlds where combat is not the only option. Maybe it is really complicated to create this because we're just not used to doing it. It's much easier to create a combat system because games lend themselves to this. If you're going to have a skill check, what's easier than who can shoot who first or with what big gun? On the other hand, that is a social truth. It's much harder to be kind. One has to make a significant effort to do that, whereas it's Mm. easier to be a jerk. And there are more immediate rewards for being a jerk. So there is that. But on the other hand, this is what games are interesting in terms of their capacity to social model. You could recreate those circumstances as they are in the current world and give you an opportunity to explore them or to do them differently. Or you could try and create a different world. That's the best part about any fiction, Mm. but games especially because it gives you an option to exist within that fiction, to make it your own, to bring your own meaning quite literally to it, change the narrative quite literally. So I would very much hope that eventually you'll get your modification for Skyrim. And if any of our our listeners are coders or modifiers, then please do get in touch and we will we're very happy to talk you into doing a a modification in this way, because I, I think Skyrim is a wonderful platform for your experience, especially the way you have it. I wished it was more so and not being quite so difficult to do the thing that you'd want to do would be nice. I imagine.
1: I don't think I've completed more than about a third of the main storyline at any point. I know that there is a main story arc because people tell me about it. And they're like, have you done this yet? And I'm like, you what? And they're like, so what level are you? And I'm like, I'm at this. And they're like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, I've been picking flowers and making potions and, and running around occasionally killing dead things because it's been a bad day. What, you mean there was other stuff I should have been doing?
0: I love that subversion though. This is what I've been trying to teach in my course is like, no, subvert this. Take the trope and then subvert it. And that's what games can do by accident and on purpose. And that's why I like teaching them. And that's why I like teaching students who might otherwise be focused very much on the mainstream, that there are other ways of doing things. Like always, Jay, you and I are talking about is subverting the system and in this case we have a literal set of rules that we can fuck with isn't that wonderful all right we'll we leave it there then um
1: so what should we talk about next week
0: we should talk about um our patreon patreon.com slash it is complicated <laughs> on <one word. laughs> this is where you could go to if you want to help us make other queer things happen what we should probably not talk about is certain british authors
1: and british actors who are now providing the voiceover and reading more of her work because they don't understand how problematic she is but seriously i mean for fuck's sakes why would you because you don't give a shit well quite frankly we don't give a shit about you anymore mate so fuck off you're done